Howdy! This is the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Friday, welcome to December. It's December 1st, 2023. I wish you a very, very happy Bifocals at the Monitor Liberation Day. Today's show is, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports. Ask and you shall receive. You wanted a Friday pod to get ready for the Minnesota game. That's still two and a half days away. That's fine. I'll give it to you. Ask and you shall receive. Tell me to dance and I will say how high. Today, we are going to get into Ohio State's first Big Ten matchup taking on those Minnesota Golden Gophers. Ohio State has a loss to avenge, losing against Minnesota last year in what was, in my opinion, the most embarrassing loss that it had during Big Ten play. So on today's show, we are going to preview Minnesota. We'll talk about their offense. We'll talk about their defense. We'll talk about some key matchups. And then, of course, We'll get into predictions, keys to the game, a banger bets watch list for you, and some final thoughts to take us home. Appreciate you being here today. If you haven't already or if you're new, if you could just hit subscribe, it would mean the absolute world to me. It would make me feel happy and It should also make you feel happy to make someone else feel happy. It is the season of giving, is it not? So please subscribe. Make sure you're following on Twitter and on Instagram at TheShotPod. And you can find us on YouTube as well. So thank you for being here. Excited to talk hoops. You ask, I give it to you. It's that simple. So let's preview the Minnesota Golden Gophers, shall we? So Minnesota's resume, I already have to pause because this team is 5-2 and two, and they're fresh off destroying New Orleans, who Ohio State will play later on this December, but the, the resume is not really all that pretty. They rank 119th in Ken Palm. They lost to San Francisco, who is actually ranked 69th in Ken Palm as of recording. Not the worst team in the world to lose to, I suppose. But if you look at San Francisco's resume so far this year, playing Lamp Central University, not a real thing. Something I made up. But that's basically who they've been playing this year. So will they drop? Will they Will they rise in Ken Palm? I don't know, and I don't particularly care about San Francisco basketball. But Minnesota's resume is not all that pretty. Uh, uh, after you know crushing New Orleans before that, they lose to San Francisco. They've lost to Missouri by two. Missouri is not the Missouri that they were last year. So that loss, not all that impressive. However, if you watch that game, the first 10 minutes of the first half were just fireworks. It was, it was exciting to watch teams just go out there and, and put up a bunch of threes and actually make them. They've got... Also wins over a few regional YMCA teams as well. So congrats to you, Ben Johnson, on the 5-2 and two record this year. Minnesota will begin Big Ten play with Ohio State. So the resume, you look at records at this time of the year, it really does not mean anything. 
Minnesota sitting at 5-2, and two, 119th in Ken Palm. That's really what we care about. So they are what they are. Speaking of rankings and Ken Palm and all these types of things, Ohio State does have a legitimate chance to be ranked in the AP poll by by Monday when it comes out. You know my my take on the AP poll. I don't care. I don't give a crap about the AP poll. I never have, and I most likely never will, but I'll never make a promise to you that I can't keep, so I can't promise that. But as it is currently constructed, those who vote in the AP poll simply look at box scores a couple of times a, a week, and then they they throw on some teams that they feel should be ranked, like James Madison, for example. So a couple weeks ago, I, I look at the AP poll, and I see James Madison is like two spots below Michigan State. Okay, AP poll. Moving on from that, let's talk about Minnesota's offense. So this year, they're averaging 80 points per game. They've got 115.4 offensive rating, making 48% of their shots from the field, 33% of their shots from behind the arc, and 12 offensive rebounds per game. Really, really good assist team as well. They share the ball really well, move the ball pretty well as a team. All of those numbers are pretty solid, right? Like if Ohio State finishes the year averaging 80 points per game, you're going to be thrilled. If they finish the year with a 115.4 offensive rating, you'll be very happy with that. 48% from the field, that would be incredible. 33% from three, that would be fine. And 12 offensive rebounds, whatever. But these numbers on paper are good. But this is why you listen to the Views from the Shop podcast, because I would assume you haven't went and crunched the film on Minnesota this year. And if you have, maybe you watched them play, I don't know, against New Orleans last night because it was on and it wasn't the greatest night for college hoops. So you saw that one because Ohio State is going to take on Minnesota. And then maybe you watched them play Missouri earlier in the year. That game was on Big Ten Network. So maybe you caught that game as well. I have gone ahead and I've crunched the film, as I always do, and taken a look at this team, and I've got a couple thoughts on their offense. So obviously, their offense in this game, for Minnesota at least, is going to start with Dawson Garcia. We'll talk about him in a second. But the biggest thing that I see with Minnesota when I watched mm, eight minutes of live game last night when Minnesota played New Orleans as I was putting together show notes for another episode on on a show that I was on, which I, I probably I, I probably should tell you about that right now as well. This isn't an, an ad or or a sponsor or anything like that, but I did have the chance to join a show with Casual Big Ten last night. It was just posted this morning. You can find Casual Big Ten at Casual Big Ten. Kent has actually joined our show before during the season preview series. I talked some some football, Big Ten Conference Championship game. Talked a little bit about that where I mostly just ranted and you probably share the sentiment there. And then we went through the first Big Ten basketball games of the season where I gave some thoughts there. So I don't remember why that came to mind or or why I said it. It's, oh, it's because I, I watched a little bit of, of Minnesota in New Orleans last night and, and it made me want to vomit. So... That was fun. Um, turnovers are a concern. We saw it against New Orleans even where this is just not a good team when it comes to ball handling or making decisions when they feel pressured. They've got a 17.5% turnover rate this season. That is not going to get you where you want to go. They, You look at the, the individuals 
on Minnesota. Dawson Garcia, 1.6 turnovers per game. Braden Carrington, 1.4 turnovers per game. So you say, okay, that's, I mean, it's not good, but it could be worse. Well, let's make it worse very quickly here. Mike Mitchell Jr. is averaging 2.4 turnovers per game. And Elijah Hawkins, ding, 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 is averaging 3.1 turnovers per game. What I should have done and what you should do as you listen to this show, as long as you don't stop listening to the show because you get distracted or some other time within the next couple days, is just go to the Minnesota message boards, whether that be on Reddit or whatever uh, website maybe covering Minnesota sports. They've got to be out there, right? And just take a look at what people are saying about Elijah Hawkins. I would say it's probably not good things. And we'll talk more about Elijah Hawkins here in in a few minutes. But overall, this is a team that struggles to take care of the basketball. Turnovers are going to be a big concern for Minnesota as this season continues. And this is a team that was projected to finish either 13 or 14th in the Big Ten based on virtually all preseason power rankings or preseason predictions like this isn't a team that has high expectations and it's not going to help when you can't keep the ball in your hands one thing that is that is good that i will say about minnesota's offense is that they can space out pretty well they use a fair amount of ball screens and they've shown the ability to hit open shots but their ability to to stay spaced whether it be four out one in or whatever the case may be, two guys in the corner, two guys at the wing, a guy coming up to set a screen. Sometimes you'll see some double screens. You'll see some some staggered screens, some elevator screens even. I've seen this year with Minnesota. They have the capability to, to get open looks because of their good spacing, and it's led them to be able to hit the three this year. And that three ball is something that they are not afraid to shoot. So, as I mentioned, they've they've shot well from behind the arc this year. Cam Christie has stepped in as a freshman, and he's proven that he can play year one as a freshman for Minnesota. Now, where he would play on other teams in the Big Ten, I'm not sure. I still think he could produce. I mean, he he he's a pretty good player. He's been the leader for Minnesota when it comes to shooting from behind the arc. He's averaging 54% from the three-point line this season. And it's not like he's just throwing up one or two threes per game. He's a volume shooter, and that's led to 11 points per game for Cam Christie. So he's going to be a guy that Ohio State will have to be aware of. You've also got Mike Mitchell Jr. who might hit a couple. And then on the flip side of that, they do have some guys who can hit threes. Even Dawson Garcia can hit threes at an okay rate. Braden Carrington has really struggled this season shooting from three. And the struggles haven't really seemed to matter. He's still willing to put the shots up. Like he gets Jamison Battle three point usage at, I won't be offensive and say like Zed Key or Evan Mahaffey production. But let's say Roddy Gale production. Roddy Gale doesn't shoot that many threes, or at least he hasn't, you know, in, in, at least this season. He he shot really well from behind the arc in the Big Ten tournament. But the, the production isn't there, but the shots are flying. They're going up. They're just clanking off the rim much more often than not. So Braden Carrington, if you're going to see him make two, three, four, three-pointers in this one, it's just like, what the heck is going on? Like this... This isn't what he's done all season. Why is he doing this against Ohio State? And sometimes shots fall. 
more often than not, they, they haven't for Braden Carrington. But again, overall, this offense is predicated on Dawson Garcia. The weird thing about this, and I, I know I've been more negative toward Ben Johnson as a head coach than anyone else in the Big Ten. As I've said before, he couldn't motivate me to fold the laundry that I've got sitting in the dryer right now. Okay. He like he the, the guy couldn't motivate me. He doesn't seem like a good, like a great leader, motivator, captain of a team. He seems like a nice guy. I've heard that he's a really nice guy, but this is another gripe that I would have against Ben Johnson. For some reason, Minnesota just simply does not look to funnel Dawson Garcia the ball. It really does not matter where he is, how much time is left in the game, what the game situation is. You'll go multiple possessions in a row where not only does Dawson Garcia not get a touch, he doesn't get the ball passed to him, but these players are not even looking at him. His teammates don't even look to get him the ball all that often for in games that I've seen. And... You would think that if you're a team like Minnesota, where you're not expected to be good this year at basketball, you're not expected to compete in the Big Ten, and yet you have one player who you can trust to go get buckets. He's shooting really, really well from the field this year, like Dawson Garcia is doing what he needs to do. You would think, hey, every time we go down the floor, we need to make sure that Dawson Garcia at least gets the ball in his hands. Even if he's just reversing or swinging, whatever. Like, he's just getting rid of the ball and and helping with ball movement. Get the ball in his hands. Let him feel the basketball in his hands and give him a shot to do something with the ball. So, like I said, it appears Ben Johnson has not informed his team that Dawson Garcia needs to get his touches, that he is the best player on the team, that he is the best chance for Minnesota to score on any given possession. It's really like... Whoever gets the ball, you'll kind of swing it a couple times. You'll get a screen, and then you'll just drive to the hoop. Maybe kick it out for a three. You'll take an open look if you can get it. But I guess it's nice in the fact that everyone, you know, no one no one sees Dawson Garcia as the guy. Like, we all hail Dawson Garcia. I guess that's fine, but that's probably going to hurt you in Big Ten play would be my take. So that's kind of Minnesota as an offense. We'll talk about more some, some key matchups, especially offensively for Minnesota in this one, but I want to go to Minnesota's defense here before we get into that. So their defense this season, they're giving up 66 points per game. They've got a 96.4 defensive rating. They're allowing 40% of shots from the field to go in. Three-point percentage sits at 30%, and they grab 30 defensive rebounds per game. So the defensive rebounding numbers are very good the field goal percentage against is pretty much elite the three-point percentage is fine defensive rating is pretty good as well but what you see is not necessarily what you get when you when you watch minnesota on the tape the stats are good but again when you're playing regional ymca teams it's hard for me to be all that impressed but i will say whether it's ohio state or purdue or minnesota or Duke, or Oregon State, like wherever you are on the spectrum of great to bad to extremely ugly in college basketball, if you go out and you beat Arkansas Pine Bluff, which Minnesota has done, and you crush them, then I can't really ask for much more than that. Like, I can't necessarily punish Minnesota for these good numbers because I haven't played good teams, just like we wouldn't punish Ohio State or Purdue for that because we trust that they're pretty good too one of the best teams in college basketball. However, 
Again, I've watched some Minnesota this year, so I can give at least my takes on it. And they could be wrong. You could disagree with them, and that's fine. But it's my show, and I'm the only one who talks here, so you'll have to listen to me. So first of all, Ohio State is going to have the chance to get up some triples against Minnesota. They're allowing 19 three-pointers to go up every game, especially against Missouri. That was a sprint, a marathon of a game where both teams, especially at the start, were just firing away from deep. And I'm talking like, this looked like NBA-level basketball. And I don't love the NBA. I don't really particularly like the NBA. I'll watch them in the playoffs. I'm a casual. I'm willing to admit that. But you know what? I don't have a podcast about the NBA, so there's nothing really wrong about me being a casual when it comes to the NBA. College basketball, I feel like I know it okay. When I see the NBA, sometimes I'll see someone go down the floor and six seconds into the shot clock, they just pull up from the three-point line and bang, it goes in. Mike Breen is shouting and his blood pressure pressures through the roof. That's exciting and that's fun. In college basketball, if it works, that's fine, but I wouldn't really recommend that being your um, major form of scoring. However, for... Minnesota, there against Missouri at least, it was just back and forth, back and forth. They would pull up and just take deep threes. Missouri didn't make them quite as much. Minnesota did. Minnesota would just fire away and hit them. So Minnesota, especially when they get sped up, they're they're gonna they're gonna give up some three point shots defensively. So the Buckeyes are gonna have a chance to hit some threes in this one. This is a really really bad on ball defensive team. Is Minnesota again the defensive rating? It looks great. When you're doing that against directional schools, recreational teams, and online campuses, not quite as impressive against Missouri especially. You found them out of position a lot at the three-point line, very susceptible to to drives, and they looked weak and clunky in the paint. Even Dawson Garcia, who he won't foul you, and we'll talk about that in a second as well. He's not going to foul you. Even he can be scored on. So as far as like defensively for Minnesota, you're going to have the chance to beat them. Like, this is a team that, sure, you're you're liking the numbers, you're liking the stats, but the film doesn't lie, and there are some players who can be beat. And I'm gonna I'm gonna key in on one here in a second. The lastly on the defense, it's not one that's gonna cause you to worry about turning the ball over a bunch. 5.4 steals per game forced. That's well below average. They only force a 13% turnover rate as well. It's just, it's kind of a defense that just sits down. It's, it's content to to defend you. They're, they're willing to sit down and defend. They're not going to get out in the passing lanes. They've got a couple guys who will try to get some cookies, and that's fine. But overall, they're like, yeah, I mean, please bring the ball up half court. And, you know, we'll, we're not going to extend our defense on you. We're not going to try to put the pressure on. We're not going to ratchet it up. We're, we're just simply going to, we're going to play defense and, and see what happens. And so far, it's led to pretty good results for Minnesota. When you go into Big Ten play and you're playing teams like Ohio State that has multiple players that can beat you, Zed Key in the post, Felix Akpara in the post, who played really, really well against Central Michigan. Obviously, Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, Jamison Battle. There are a lot of guys who can beat you. So this defense, I think, if you're looking, if, if you're just parceling it down to Minnesota's defense versus Minnesota's offense, both have really good metrics right now. Which do we buy in more? I'll buy in a lot more on their offense than their defense. I just, I don't trust Minnesota's defense so far this season. So 
With that said, let's get into some key matchups in this one. There's a player I haven't mentioned yet who I'm actually pretty impressed by, by Minnesota. And if Ohio State happens to be looking for a player in the transfer portal coming up this spring, which we know that they will be, one player at least, depending on transfers out from Ohio State, this is a guy, if you want to go dip into the Minnesota lake of of transfers like they did with Jamison Battle this season, this is a player I'm looking at. He goes by the name Joshua Ola Joseph, okay? If you haven't seen him play this year, his numbers are not going to jump out at you, but he's the type of player that I think coaches probably watch him and are like, oh man, like I... I'm sitting here at 7 a.m. I'm drinking my coffee and and eating a bagel, trying to get ready for Minnesota. And you're watching this guy and you're like, he's good. You know, he's smart. He, he's not going to get a lot of attention. But if coaches were to put together an all, I kind of like this guy team more than the media does team, then Joshua Ola Joseph is going to be there. He's a strong finisher. He can bully his way to the hoop. He's an elite finisher at the rim, making 76% of his shots at the rim. And this is why coaches would really like him. He's an extremely opportune cutter uh, uh, when he's off the ball. I mean, he can find the open space on the floor, even if his stats aren't jumping out at you. He can finish at the rim. He can dunk on you. He, He can defend a little bit as well. And his ability to just find the open spaces on the floor, cut to them, especially when the defense is maybe looking lazy, they're they're more fixated on the ball than their man. This is going to be a guy who he might have a backdoor cut here or there and make a layup or a dunk in this one. And you're just like, ah, come on, you know, defense, like you stay focused on your man. When things lull down, you'll see Joshua Ola Joseph making some smart plays. So I think he's a smart player. He's a pretty good defender, really good finishing at the rim. That's going to be a player that you're going to want to keep an eye on. I don't know who will be defending him. I would assume it might be Jamison Battle. It might be Evan Mahaffey. Who knows? But just a player to keep your eye on. One other that I'll give on on the Minnesota side that you're actually going to be worried about them is going to be Dawson Garcia. Okay, so I haven't even said his stats yet. He's averaging 18 points per game, 8 rebounds per game, 3 assists per game, 49% from the field, and 32% from the three-point line. He has stepped into the literal Jamison Battle role that Battle had last season at Minnesota. He is Minnesota's workhorse, and the stats even are extremely similar to what Battle did last year at Minnesota. That three-point percentage, nearly identical. The points per game percentage, very close as well. Field goal percentage, very close. So these are two pretty similar players. The majority of his production, however... Where battle, he likes to shoot the threes. He likes to get out and run and try to shoot off the pull-up. Dawson Garcia is going to get most of his production at the rim and in the paint. He can really score. He can shoot and score from everywhere on the floor. But most of his production is going to come in the paint and at the rim. He can knock down a couple of threes per game if given the opportunity. Even some contested threes. He's shown the ability to hit. But offensively, you're worried about his ability to to duck into the paint, get good posi- good positioning, and make a layup. He's not going to steal. He's not going to block a lot of shots. Like I said earlier, he will not foul you. Dawson Garcia, if he has four fouls in this game, I'll be shocked. If you could bet the over-under on his fouls, it would probably be set at like 1.5. P- 
probably favoring the over to get to two, but if you could take an alternate number on him and, and three plus fouls or four plus, you're getting into the extremely high plus money range. He just, he doesn't foul. Again, I think he can be scored on, but he's smart. He's a smart player. He's not going to, he's not going to play undisciplined. He's not going to reach. He's not going to shove. He's not going to push or anything like that. But offensively is where you're worried about him. So Dawson Garcia is going to be another player Minnesota uh, can boast and Ohio State is going to have to to worry about, obviously. And the last matchup that I'll give that I'll be keeping an eye on in this one is going to be Bruce Thornton against Elijah Hawkins. Now, I assume Elijah Hawkins is going to be guarding Bruce Thornton. But let me tell you a little bit more about Elijah Hawkins. I told you, if you're to look up the Minnesota message boards, if you happen to have any friends, if you know anyone who are fans of Minnesota, I would assume Elijah Hawkins is in the doghouse right now. So to start, he's undersized already. He's 5'11". I didn't look up his weight, but I don't need to. He's super lean. He's got a wiry frame. He's not the type who's going to you know, bulk you into the paint or anything like that. But defensively, this is a guy who I've said Minnesota is, is prone to getting beat on the ball. Elijah Hawkins is king among them of getting beat on the ball. He's undersized. He's regularly out of position. He struggles to stay sticky off the ball as well on cuts. You'll see a guy curling in from the top of the key down to the hoop. And Hawkins just, he's a step behind and he'll give up a layup because of that. Um, he is capable of grabbing some steals. He averages 2.4 fouls per game, however. So he'll get a couple of cookies potentially in this one, but he he fouls a lot. He's had multiple games where he's had three, four fouls this year. And offensively, he's opportune when it comes to, to passing. He'll like to drive into the paint, into the block, and then he likes the flashy passes. I think he sends bounce passes more than any other type of pass he loves the bounce pass like he'll even kick a ball out wide open to a three I've seen this multiple times where no one's no one is around the corner guy in the three and he will throw a bounce pass just because he can so he feels like the type of guy who like he's unable to turn it off that hey we are not on the blacktop playing pickup five on five like this is a real college basketball game just play ball and Elijah Hawkins just he he wants to make the nice flashy bounce passes when he's slicing into the defense into the paint he's never going to look to shoot that shot I hope that Ohio State has that on the scattering report for Elijah Hawkins what am I saying I hope that they have that I'm sure they do but bro he's 5'11 first of all and he knows it he's not gonna go try to hit a layup in the paint He's always trying to dump it off. If he decides to all of a sudden start trying to take some shots from inside the paint, then cool. But until he shows that, you're worried more about where he's passing the ball to than him taking a shot. So this is going to be a key matchup for Ohio State to exploit, both offensively and defensively. Again, like Elijah Hawkins, he averages a lot of turnovers per game. If you can speed this team up offensively, especially Elijah Hawkins, you're going to force some turnovers. But Bruce Thornton should be eating Elijah Hawkins' breakfast, lunch, and dinner in this one. However, the game's at 6.30, so I would say it'll probably be dinner. So let's get on to some predictions. Before we get into that, I want to talk to you again about college basketball analytics at cbbanalytics.com. College basketball analytics is what Ohio State is using to prepare for Minnesota among 
many other Division I men's and women's basketball teams. You've got access to incredible stats, not just on the team level, but on the player level. You can compare player profiles player-to-player, both for the same team, for different teams. If you're wondering, hey, which player for Minnesota is most alike to Zed Key? You can find that out. You can figure out which lineups are the best for Ohio State. So when you say, man, when Chris Holtman runs out this rotation and it sucks and you believe that, you can actually verify that with stats. You can look at different combos on off the court. You can see players by start and by length, efficiency numbers, all these different types of things. They help me prepare for every single show that I present to you, and I would recommend that you get there. You can get your first month free using the code SHOT. That's S-C-H-O-T-T, short for Shot and Scene Center. Use that code to get your first month free, and the link is, of of course, in the show description. So on to predictions for this game. I've got two keys to the game. Just two, I might add another, but it's the best I could do for Minnesota. So number one, I'd like to see Ohio State stay hot from deep. They shot 40% or better from the three-point line in four straight games. And then they played Central Michigan, and they crushed them, but they only shot 29% from deep. I said in the offseason that Ohio State will have the opportunity to be a really good three-point shooting team again this season. They just need to make sure that they are shooting enough threes. I'd like to see the volume in this one. I think Minnesota and their defense is going to give Ohio State the chance to have the volume. So they're going to get their chances. Let's make some threes. Whether it's Jamison Battle, be as long as he continues to, to stay spaced out well on the floor, a lot of times in the corner, whether it's Bruce Thornton, if Scotty Middleton is ready to go, he could hit a couple. Whoever it is out there who who's shooting threes, for Ohio State. Can you get me to 40% again? In this one, that would be phenomenal. And I think that's going to really make it tough for Minnesota to win this game. The other one I would say, this is something that Ohio State doesn't really do. But if you can do it against Minnesota, you're going to be in good shape. Apply defensive pressure. So the Buckeyes, they they don't really do anything in regards to full court pressure. It's a natural way to, to ratchet up the pressure. But I don't think Ohio State will do anything in this one. Even if not, force them to put the ball on the floor. They don't really, Ohio State isn't the type of defense that's going to extend pressure out past the three-point line. But again, Minnesota's not a good ball handling team. They've clearly struggled at times this year when they've been trapped, when they've dealt with full court pressure, when they've dealt with extended pressure, anything like that. You catch a ball at the half court line, you've already used your dribble, they're throwing the ball away. I mean, this is a team that, for some reason, they try to dribble a loose ball, which is like the last thing that you're supposed to do with a loose ball. You could you could come up with 99 things that you should do with a loose ball before you say, uh, yeah, you should probably try to dribble it. Like, Minnesota, at this point, does not have the wherewithal to know, hey, don't try to dribble a loose ball. Just pick it up, okay? And then chin it, and, and we can go from there. So if Ohio State can apply some defensive pressure, Minnesota is going to be toast. They will be cooked. They already turned the ball over a lot. They're going to lose possession of the ball. Ohio State will get more, of course. So that's something that we could be looking at as well in terms of keys to the game. Banger bets watch list. We're still profitable. We're more than profitable so far this year. We had our first unprofitable night against Central Michigan, but it was bound to happen. So we're back, and we've got a watch list because we all know there's going to be no lines available at this time. However, got a couple things 
for you to keep an eye on. First one I'm going to look at is Ohio State's team total prop. Like I said, I don't believe in Minnesota's defense. Not only that, but if Ohio State can force some turnovers, it's not something that they've really focused on doing. But if Minnesota just happens to turn the ball over 10, 12, 14 times in this game, Ohio State's going to have more possessions. They're going to be able to score off that. So that's going to be something that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. The other one I'm going to keep an eye on, Bruce Thornton. We talk about his points. We've bet on him before, and he's made us some money. He's averaging 18 points per game. He's coming off a game with with 25. He kind of tends to trend to have up and down games, kind of game by game. But this is all about the matchup, okay? He most likely, I would assume, is going to be guarded by Elijah Hawkins. So if that's the case, there's no reason why Bruce Thornton can't score more than 15 points, get up to 20 points in this one. I'm leaning toward taking the over, even if it's as high as 16.5. But if it's at 15.5, we are mashing that. Gamble responsibly, though. Last thing I'll say, Jameson Battle revenge game. We got to find something for him, right? Like, whether it be a, a same-game parlay where we take an alternate for him or something like that. I mean, whatever it is, uh, we're going to try to find something for Jameson Battle. By the way, you probably haven't... You're, this conversation has probably already happened by the time that... Um, you've listened to this episode, but Jamison Battle will be available to the media at 11 o'clock this morning. I'll have the chance to chat with him as well, and we'll be tweeting that. So be on the lookout for that. But Jamison Battle, we got to find something for him, of course. So those are a few banger bets we've got on the watch list. Final thoughts for this one. This feels like another game where Ohio State takes some time to get out in front, and then all of a sudden you look up at halftime, and Ohio State's up by 12. This is a game that Ohio State has the ability to be up by 15, even 20, potentially at some point. Not saying they're going to win by that much. We'll be taking a look at the spread, as always, for our banger bets, but I'm not sure that there's going to be much value there. If you can force someone other than Dawson Garcia to score, you love your chances in this one. If you can keep him from getting hot, you're going to be probably just fine. They've got a couple other guys who can score for sure. They can hit some threes. Cam Christie is the other guy who you'd be most concerned about scoring offensively. But if you're containing Dawson Garcia, you're you're containing Minnesota. And you've got to avenge last year's loss. That, that loss, I mean, I was very excited for that game simply because I said, it's Minnesota, right? Ohio State has been playing horribly. They're going to use a game against Minnesota to be fine right? We were wrong, unfortunately, on that one. So you hope that Ohio State can avenge the loss this year in a game that it's not a huge rivalry. It's not something that everyone's going to have circled with all the other Big Ten games going on this weekend. But I personally, I have it circled because you have to go beat Minnesota. Just do it, especially to start Big Ten play. Ohio State's going to have the chance to start 1-0. They'll have Penn State after they take on Minnesota. So they've got a soft Big Ten schedule here to start here in December before they move on to January. We'll have you covered for every single Ohio State game, whether it is a preview episode or a review episode. The Views from the Shot will always have you covered. So if you've made it this far and you haven't subscribed, again, I don't get how that can be possible, but this is America. You're free to do whatever you please, and I can't be mad at you for that. I would just ask simply that you subscribe to the show. Give us a five-star review. If you enjoy it, make sure you're following on Twitter and on Instagram and on YouTube. 
and give us some love. When you see the tweet come out with this episode attached to it, just give it a like or a favorite, whatever it's called, on X. That is no longer Twitter, and that'll get to more people as well, and we'll appreciate that. But for now, I hope you feel you you feel you're prepared for this matchup with Minnesota. I will be back on Sunday to review this game. Until then, I will shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks.